0: Two guys who haven't scored since 1958, Chris and Case. Hey,
1: heidi to Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Podcast, episode
0: 337.
1: This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your otherwise dashing host, Chris, and with me is the studliest man this side of Muskegon, Jeff the Riz Rizden. How are you doing, brother?
0: It's National Beer Day. Cheers. Oh, man.
1: Nice. <laughs> Why did I pick today to not to be on it? Day. all right I, I can't time anything right it seems like uh, that's okay <laughs> got a good show today we got kyle krabs from the draft network coming here i'm gonna talk draft talk lines, talk miami nfl that kind of stuff Stuff so seems yeah. to be relevant these days doesn't it it, it,
0: it absolutely does
1: <laughs> lions had a couple of changes at defensive back we'll get into that <laughs> we've also got uh a conversation about any defenders worthy of number seven in a trade back we'll we'll touch on that a little bit and what can we do with number seven if it isn't picking a player we got that a whole lot more great show lined up riz are you ready to go my man oh let's do it
2: let's kick this off and break it
1: down all right let's get into it let's start off We've got our guy Kyle coming in in just a few minutes. We'll have him kick off with us and get going, but uh, there's a couple topics yeah. we want to hit on in the meantime. Um, Riz, I'm going to just put the starting gun right on here. Uh, let's take a look at some of the new DBs in Honolulu Blue. we got Quinton Dunbar and Corn yeah. Elder, which is, that's a fun name. It, I don't know that you can do a whole lot of I, mean, I think corn is already close enough to a nickname that you, you can't do a lot
0: with. Yeah, his 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 given name is Cornelius. He goes by Corn. Yep. I don't blame him. Cornelius is a mouthful.
1: And Corny, you just right. Remember uh, Corny Lucas? That just didn't seem to.
0: No. yo oh, yeah. I do remember Corny. God, that guy had the longest legs of any human I've ever seen.
1: They went up to your neck.
0: They did. They absolutely did. Six foot seven, and it was all neck or all, yeah. all legs yeah i'm um, six five and it's all neck
1: <laughs> all right my my friendly giraffe let's talk about corn elder first what did we yeah, get here? So, What what we got
0: so we got ourselves a slot cornerback uh he started at the slot for for carolina last year uh comes out of the miami football program he's been around uh, i believe he's had four years in the league solid unspectacular slot corner and you want unspectacular from your slot corner. You don't want him to, you you don't want to know your, your slot corner's name quite honestly, because that means he's doing a really good job. That means that he's tackling corn can do that. He can turn and run. He can, he, the best thing about him. And you saw this when you watched this film in in 2020, he can follow a receiver. That's running a crossing route and carry them across the field,
1: which has been a real, nobody
0: on the team could do that (laughs) last year. Not a soul. (laughs) <laughs> Justin Coleman did it in in week one, uh, and then it all went to hell. Um, so, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Elder, he's a limited guy. He's he's never going to be a Pro Bowler. Um, this this is a an acquisition where ideally he's competing for the starting slot job, um, and not not just handed it. But right now he is the best slot corner on the on the roster, and that you could do a lot worse. Um, they have done a lot worse than Corn Elder. So I'm happy with I, this. Was a this was a sort of out of left field signing because he he was a guy that that didn't really get a lot of attention, excuse me, from around the league, uh, and and sort of popped up. and And this this is kind of the era the the realm of the draft calendar where free agents don't typically sign. You know, you're, right. most guys are waiting. Uh, Richard Sherman I know, talked about that last night on a podcast. He's like, I'm, I'm not I'm not signing anywhere now. Uh, I want to see wh- who drafts get gets drafted where and, and pick my spot later.
1: It's, it's, it's both sides kind of in a wait and see right now, right? The team's yeah. waiting to see who they get in the draft. The player's waiting to see who, you know, where their best fit is, where they're going to get some time, where they're going to make the money. Um, and so we have this little bit of a pause. And, yeah. Uh, you're right. Corn was out of the left field now. Um, definitely an upgrade year over year for us. Yes. At, at that absolutely. Yeah. And much. needed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he's got a cool name and that's, that's always fun. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's talk about uh, Quinton Dunbar. Um, Here's the guy we got from the Seahawks, I believe. Yeah. And um, again, another guy that I really didn't expect to see wearing Honolulu blue. What?
0: How did this play out? So his circumstance is a little different. He's coming off of an injury, and I think he wanted to get in somewhere before that, before teams found their draft options, which sort of makes sense. And, and you have seen a couple other guys around the league in that sort of realm, too. He played, I think it was five games, maybe six games last year with Seattle. He got hurt in their first game, tried to play through it, and couldn't. Uh, and if you ask Seattle fans about him, they will they will tell you he they, – they will treat him the way that Lions fans treat Des Trufant uh, because he basically had the same year. Uh, a veteran who came in with, with pretty high expectations and flopped miserably. Some of that on Dunbar was the fact that he was hurt. He had a knee problem. Um, in 2019, the guy at Washington uh, – and, and I'll, I'll – Quote the, the tweet that I sent to, to our friend Brandon Kerr, uh, a little commission. Um, In 2019, he was the best cornerback that the Detroit Lions would have on the roster. Uh, our good friend Eric Schlitt tweeted after that he was the number two ranked cornerback, period, by PFF in the entire league in his last year in Washington. 2019, he was great. That guy, that guy is an, a long term starter for Detroit. I know they want to sign him for one year, but that guy, that guy is what. Everybody wants Omani Oruwariye to be a physical press, turn and run, smother him to the sideline, playmaker. That's Dunbar. Pill.
1: Put the pillow over grandma's head. Let's go. go. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. for sure. <laughs> for sure. And the thing is, wow. is the Seahawks <laughs> <got violent> here. <laughs> The Seahawks last year, um, they basically paid him to heal up. And, and the thought is, right. we've got a guy who now has had time to get healthy, who can return to his old form. And as you said, uh, be a long-term kind of solution. Now, he also fits the mold because he's a one-year signing that we have going on in Detroit right now with uh, the way that the cap is. A lot of players are waiting for the cap to play out and expand next year to get their money. A lot of one-year deals. But this is a yep. chance for a guy to show out, to ball out, and maybe to mesh with a culture. If he doesn't, he can move on and make his money somewhere else. But here's one where we're trying each other on, right? We get to see how the fit is and how well we work together. And he's motivated, and we're motivated. This is another one of those same kind of stories. I I love what this front office is doing in this situation. They're playing the situation as handed to them very, very well.
0: They are, and and this this is a reclamation project, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. There is some history with Dunbar and uh, defensive backs. Close, yeah. Easy for me to say. Defensive backs coach Aubrey Pleasant. um, They were together in Washington for a couple of years. That's where 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 Dunbar was at his best. So if you're thinking. Didn't I know that name from somewhere? He was a wide receiver on the Florida football teams that Tease Tabor was on.
1: <laughs> um,
0: he didn't make it as a wide receiver his rookie year, but Washington's like, you know what, we like you. Can you play defense? So they kind of stashed him on the practice squad, built him up, uh, and by the middle of his second year, he was playing more than he wasn't playing, and he became a full-time starter after that. There is a lot of injury problems. That's one of the reasons why the Lions were hesitant to commit a long term to him. He has spent The last he's ended the last three seasons on injured reserve, didn't play in 11 games in, in any more than 11 games in any of those seasons, all separate injuries, all leg injuries. That's a concern Uh, that that's one of the reasons why he was anxious to get in and find a place. Hey man, you you want me? Okay. Yeah, I'm in Uh, that, that, that explains his motivation for it. So I, I like it. I would, I would caution fans to get, not get too excited about it because again, you're dealing with a guy he hasn't always been the easiest guy to coach. Uh he didn't necessarily fit in well in Washington, excuse me, with uh with the the layer above uh <laughs> Pleasant. Uh and he wanted his way out. And they they he forces he forced the trade. He had an off-season issue that he uh he was accused of and later quickly acquitted of being involved in an armed robbery. But that sort of was kind of a I don't know it, he was in the wrong spot at the wrong time, but he he probably knew better than to be in the wrong spot. Is is the story that I got from from talking to somebody from Washington about it. Uh it's it, it's a hopeful fit. This is one again, like like you said, they're trying it on, and I think they'll they'll realize pretty quickly whether it's going to work or not. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, he won't be there by the beginning of the season. I think they'll I think they'll make that pretty clear. One of the things that I'm really hopeful that this organization does now that the prior. Re- last two regimes didn't do well is that if they make a mistake, they let it go. They don't let it linger on the roster. They don't let it bring the whole thing down. Right. Uh, That's, that's not something that, that, that Quintricia did very well other than Sylvester Williams, who they realized, right? Like, Oh my God, this guy's stealing our money.
1: Let me, let me ask you, let's just kind of put it in perspective here. The, the signings of these two guys, Obviously, the Lions were a consensus 15 win team. Do they push us to 16 or do they push us down to 14? Are we sticking with that consensus 15?
0: I I think I don't think they move the needle a lot. Uh, I do expect Elder, though, um, to be no worse than the number four cornerback this year. And that's a role that that the Lions needed. Uh, Right now, they had Oruwari Okuda and Mike Ford. That was your defensive backfield. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that's that, that it, <laughs> it was it was difficult. And we often see uh cornerback four from the Detroit Lions. I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but you know, you look at cornerbacks, it's one of the most most athletic positions on the field. But gosh, these guys get dinged up. And they, do. And they have to be athletic to play against these wide receivers. They have to be some amazing athletes at peak performance, top of the form, and they start getting dinged up and they're going to get burnt. So you I mean, that's I've, why you cycle I, through that- them so fast.
0: We saw that with Okuda last year. He was never healthy. He had that sports hernia, um, needed the core muscle surgery, and it it clearly bothered him. Uh, I, I, I expect just for that particular purpose that he will be better in year two. I also think that the coaching staff will be better for him and the scheme will be better for him. Have him line up his press and actually allow them to press the receiver. Ooh. Ooh, 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 revolutionary! Yeah,
1: I really look forward to see what uh, Jeff Okuda can do this year. I'm, I'm really, I I'm really me, excited.
0: excited about it. I, yeah. I liked him a lot coming into the draft. I, I liked him a lot when when they took him. Um, he, other than tackling well last year, though, it was it was really not good. Yeah, well, <laughs> no. there were a lot of things that weren't good last year. So so I expect Elder to help. I'm going to reserve. Um, on Dunbar, I, I'd love for it to work. I'm not going to say that it's going to work until I see it work, though. Sure. Uh, but but I, I'm I'm happy that they brought him in. It's a positive move to bring him in. Yeah. uh And again, if it, if 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 it's not working, I have a feeling they'll move on pretty quickly. And I think he would appreciate that too. Sure. Yeah.
1: Any other history you might want to talk about with corn? Really quick before we pop into the next item.
0: Oh, popcorn! That's a segue <laughs> right
1: there. My man. <laughs> You know you can't do this business uh, without a specific skill set. Don't try this at home, kids. You could get hurt. Um, <laughs> so terrible. All right, let's let's talk. I, there's something I want to talk about, and I, I I want to be nice, but also I want to be honest. And um, here's a guy I I met him and know him. It's from Senior Bowl. You introduced us, Riz. I know you guys um, uh, hang out a little bit. He's 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 a, he's a nice enough guy, and 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 I say that I don't. That's more diminishing actually than i wanted it to be he, he's a nice guy he is he, is, he yes, was a he nice is. guy and he was fun to hang out with awesome to party with he's a great time talking about ben albright and he happened to have a tweet and it's one of those things that he gets kind of pinned with maybe he pins himself with a little bit but i want to read this tweet yeah. and i want to get your reaction because right. my reaction was negative i'll be honest as much as i like the guy right um but this is kind of his his field where he plays a lot. Uh just got off the phone with someone who told me not to be surprised if Detroit went quarterback at seven if the right one fell in their lap. That was Chef Curry Sauce that posted that. Um
0: <laughs> is- oh, Ben, why do you do this to me? So yeah. Ben and I Ben and I go way back. We've been good friends for a long time. Um I I'm I was present with his most famous Senior Bowl story. Um if you know it, you know it. <laughs> 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 uh, that, that, was, that was like 2009 2010 uh, that was a long time ago yes so ben ben likes to do that kind of thing uh he likes to set that up where um stir the pot a little bit is probably the best way to say he's yeah. a provocateur he, and, and he's very good at that and i i respect him for that i don't know who he talked to um i did text him about it you he hasn't texted him for me being back
1: a provocateur that's funny <laughs>
0: And I get it. I get what you're saying,
1: right? But that just, yeah. in itself sounds kind of funny, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. He hasn't he hasn't texted back with me. Um. So so maybe you know, I I don't know. Uh. I don't think he's wrong. I don't. I can't confirm what Ben said there, but I I don't think he's wrong. I also don't know that he's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, I I don't. Yeah. That that's probably the best way to say it is that it's it's ambiguous enough that yes. The answer is yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. With that, we've got Kyle here. Let me get go ahead and bring Kyle into the party here. We'll get everything going. Uh, Kyle, there we go. All right. Oop, let me change his name. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. I've got you listed as Luke. That's my bad.
0: Oh, yeah. We had Luke on last week. Hey. There you go. It's got an L, an E, <laughs> four got
1: it. letters. Two Bs. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs>
0: How are you doing,
1: Kyle? Welcome to the show, man. Good. How you guys doing? Rocking. Thanks for joining us, buddy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Looking forward to this.
0: Yeah. Good,
1: good, good. Look
2: at you with the the professional backdrop. My man. Man, He's got the whole thing, yeah. We got the glow up going on. You know, the team was good to us in that way. Forced (laughs) us into uncomfortable spaces and areas of growth. Awesome. 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 Awesome.
1: All right, this is Kyle Krabs of the Draft Network. If we haven't said so, he's joining us today. We're going to talk a little bit about the draft. Uh, Kyle has a lot of – he's the director of scouting over there, so he's got a good broad sense of understanding. Also has a good focus in Miami. Um, you want to talk a little bit about kind of what you do, Kyle, just so folks get a sense because I, 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 you're both broad in your knowledge as well as quite focused in some of the reporting you do, and I just want to give people a, some
2: insight into that. Sure. So, uh as far as what my hands are on, on a day-to-day basis, uh, you mentioned the Draft Network and Director of Scouting over there. And we have an excellent team of, of five guys that we work with, myself included. Joe Marino, my co-host of the Draft Dudes podcast. I've been working with him for five or six years. So we we know each other and our takes like the back of our hands. But we also have uh, two former scouts on staff uh, from the league, Andre Harris, who worked with, with Kansas City and Arizona and Cleveland and uh, Brentley Weissman, who spent a little bit of time with the Chargers organization, and then we also have Jordan Reed. And, and that group of five guys, we divide the country throughout the summer time and the, the the football season itself, and we aim to master our regions. And then collectively, we all come together starting sometime in December, and we start putting final grades on guys, and then we start doing cross checks and presenting the players and. So the draft network rankings that you see are really a collaborative effort. And we try and live up to the, the moniker of football's 33rd front office and treat this process just like a team would. Nice. Uh, from a Miami perspective, I'm the, the managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins. Warren also host Locked On Dolphins. So plenty of daily Dolphins content. Uh, And Jeff knows about uh, the lifestyle there with the wire sites and keeping your your uh, your ear to the ground for any interesting topics that you can cook up. So uh, we're we're always like Jeff, like that.
0: We're always on duty, and uh, yeah. So uh, it's been fun to get to know you, Kyle, over the years. I I remember your first Shrine game; that was a fun fun time, man. Twenty fourteen. That going back in going back in time, man. That was uh, that was that was that was that that was so that was the night where we. I don't know if you were still there or not, but we found a uh, a certain uh, NFL position coach who was trying to pick up a couple. At yes.
2: The <laughs> yes, I was still there for that. Yes. That was, I didn't that stay was, for the finish know. to see how the story ended, but I was there for the beginning of that narrative. No, yes. I, I, that I, was... I heard
1: you mention the lifestyle of the, uh...
0: <laughs> the wire sites. This isn't the <laughs> lifestyle we're that, talking about. Not that. Good. No, 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 not that lifestyle. <laughs> no, no, there's there's yeah no 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 okay, No. okay just um, make
1: it sure just make it sure back to back to
0: football <laughs> all right so so i want to ask you since we'll, we'll lean on your Miami ness for a second here sure they traded they traded back then they traded back up what are they doing at six and why <laughs> why would they why would they drop from three to twelve and then and go from twelve to six when it just dropped from three to six yeah
1: just talk through that whole process if you would because i think yeah. there's a couple yeah. people that aren't, aren't aren't as connected on that
2: so from my understanding there were a number of teams that had standing offers with the Dolphins uh, regarding the number 3 overall pick and it seemed like from the Dolphins pers- perspective the San Francisco Avenue and they were working kind of in parallel on the side with Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles okay. kind of negotiating both trades simultaneously before one was even agreed to uh so it tells me that the Dolphins have somebody that they're kind of reading the tea leaves and anticipating that they can get, uh, with the number six overall pick. And, uh, before the Carolina Panthers move to, to land Sam Darnold, I think, they had put themselves in positions to potentially be the gatekeeper on the second run on quarterbacks in the top 10, you know, you're expecting one, two and three. And if Atlanta stays put and drafts, Kyle Pitts, and Cincinnati takes Penny Sewell or Jamar chase and Miami says, well, Hey, hold on. Our our top three guys on the board are still on the board here. Carolina's knocking on our door and they're going to offer us even more. You could have entertained that offer, but with Carolina making the move that they did, um, and Carolina not being so aggressive and all in to jump into three with San Francisco offering multiple ones. I think Miami looked at the opportunity to say, Hey, we can move back three spots. We're anticipating we're a going to save money on the the rookie salary cap based on the wage scale with the collective bargaining agreement. We're going to get the same exact player at six and then we're going to turn around and we're going to, you know, have the opportunity to have a three next year courtesy of San Francisco and a one the year after that. So, it tells me they kind of know who they want, and it's just how much can we manipulate the board and be able to pick up extra stuff while still getting that same guy excellent smart
0: i yeah. like i like it i like the strategy, and i like um they were never taking a quarterback at three they were they were selling
2: three the whole the whole they're planning on that the whole time were they not? Correct. So the yeah. the reports that have come out in the aftermath was the only quarterback move they would have given any serious consideration to, and they would have given very serious consideration to, would have been Deshaun Watson had the off the field right news yeah, and and developments before, not developed yeah. the way that yeah. they had. Yeah. Okay. So right. two is the guy moving forward for twenty twenty one for sure. All right. That's
1: unfortunate. So, how's that? How that's played out too. That whole Deshaun Watson story. I I wonder if we'll ever see him in the uniform again. It. <laughs> Not good news for him. Um, Let's talk about what did Miami get out of all those trades? I mean, they they moved up and down and up, and and rumor has it they may have picked up a couple of nice picks along the way as well. They they acquired uh, positive net value overall, didn't they?
2: Yeah, so moving down three spots, they ended up pulling a – it was a pick swap this year, so they actually moved back from the fourth to the fifth round this year, courtesy of the swap. Uh, But they netted San Francisco's compensatory pick in 2022 – which they got courtesy of the Robert Sala hiring. And then they got San Francisco's first round pick in 2023. Uh, but they also, and this is kind of the under the radar bit for this whole thing, is the tr- the pick that they traded to Philadelphia to come back up was their own. And they're choosing, they chose to keep San Francisco's pick. So it's an interesting bet from the Dolphins' perspective that the 2021 season going into the 2022 draft we're betting we're going to be a better team than San Francisco. Now, whether or not that materializes is pretty bold. I guess you look at the landscape of uh, the NFC West, and that's a tough division, and you, know, you get bit with a couple injuries, and Miami finished second in the AFC East in 2020. So, uh, but they're, they're definitely betting on themselves with the trade back up to, tw- to six and the fact that they sent their own pick. To Philadelphia, and they said we're going to keep the San Francisco pick. We think that's more valuable.
1: You know, as a team who's watched has been through GMs at a, at a pretty good clip over the years, um, I, I think that at this point, you know, you bet on yourself because if you're not doing well by that point, you may well be looking for something else anyway, right? So you just kind of go all in on on yourself, and and either you're right or you're not, and you collect that last year your your contract on, while you're sitting on the beach somewhere. <laughs> All right, sitting on
0: a beach, earning twenty percent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: all
0: right, let's get into the
1: draft this year. Let's, Riz, how you want to do this? You want to break down, like, maybe go through the first seven picks and let Kyle kind of talk us through what his thinking is, is how this thing.
2: May yeah,
0: I mean, I, I, I think we know the first two. Um, that that's pretty pretty obviously Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. So three, is it really Mac Jones? Tell me it's not Mac Jones. Mm-hmm.
2: There's a possibility that it is, but at the same time, this is that window of this draft cycle and news cycle where you see people get pushed, like overcompensating, trying to generate a story or a narrative, or somebody no. having alternative motives. Anything no, that's we were just there, talking about Ben Albright too. It's it's out there for a reason. Somebody wants hey, to hear it and talk about it. So. My gut instinct tells me that Kyle Shanahan would not give up the assets that they gave to get a quarterback with the physical profile and a guy who's not really going to beat you with his legs at all. I, I look at, you know, we're talking about Miami, the transition that Tua Tongvaloa had from Alabama to the NFL. And this is a genuine question other than arm strength. What physical trait does Mac Jones have that's better than Tua Tanga I mean, he's taller, but, and even arm strength. It's, 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 no, I, I would say Tua has a stronger arm
0: and, and strong arm is not amongst Tua's best assets. <laughs>
2: Correct. So yeah. you look at it from that perspective and it's like, okay, we're, we're giving up the farm to go up and, and give a guy who you literally just saw somebody from the same system who had better physical skills to work with aside of being shorter struggle in his first year in the NFL. And I, I think, you watch that Alabama offense and Steve Sarkeesian coach circles around everybody oh, last year. Yeah. It was from play design to where they're putting <laughs> receivers in the read progressions and finding mismatches and exploiting weaknesses. It was a clinic. So yeah, I, yeah. I I'm very skeptical of Mac Jones being their guy.
1: Here. Let me, let me ask you beyond this beyond, you know, the smoke, whether it's a smoke screen or Laramie Tunsell style is, is, <laughs> Where do you rank Mac Jones without all the other noise, without all the other stuff? Where do you rank him if you were just to go overall? Where do you think this guy gets gets should get picked in the draft?
2: He's my fifth-rated quarterback personally, um, and he's quite close to he's closer to Kellen Mond than he is to Trey Lance yeah. for me okay. personally. Yeah. Yeah. So sh- that that's four, five, and six for me. Yeah,
1: right. yeah. I I okay. see him as like a a the value of his pick somewhere between twenty five and. 30. 35 somewhere in that range i just don't see and this this talk of him going so high is just stunning to me and that's where like i said i, re- I, re- I refer to the laramie Tunzel smoke i just i just don't see any gm lasting that takes mac jones that early in the draft i just don't see that happening so if it's not mac yeah. who do you see who do you see uh getting grabbed up there
2: I know they have a previous relationship with Justin Fields, courtesy of a quarterback summit that the Shanahan's have been a part of that Justin Fields took part with. And for me, Justin Fields is my second rated quarterback. I prefer him to, to Zach Wilson. Uh, I know that he's kind of been the hot button prospect to debate uh, as far as the, the Ohio state offense and how he operated that. And, um, but the physical skill set that he has is tremendous. And I think he gets a bit of a bum rap as far as what the Ohio State offense does and how long some of those plays can just naturally take to develop in general. And his worst game, the Northwestern game, he was out without his best receiver, uh, Chris Olave due to COVID issues. So, Mm -hmm. If it were me and San Francisco picking at three, Zach Wilson would be the pick, and it would not be particularly close.
0: Okay, that's good to know. I, uh, I'm with you on Fields, by the way. And just so people know, Kyle is not an Ohio State guy; he is a Penn State guy. Penn
2: State graduate. Yep. Yes.
0: So um, he he's not coming at it from a pro Buckeye stance whatsoever.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot um, of talk about that offense carrying Justin versus Justin carrying that offense. It's good to yeah, hear I, some I,
0: I someone talk the other side I don't, of that. I, Really don't see it that way. So, um, four. What do we got at four?
2: Well, I know that Chris Mortensen's been really heavy on this being a trade out spot or Atlanta potentially staying right. and, and drafting Trey Lance themselves. And um, you would have to think if the board breaks that way, you got a brand new head coach, you get a brand new decision maker in the building. You have talent on offense, regardless on of whether or not you're Arthur Smith and you think Matt Ryan has two-plus years' worth of quality play at the quarterback position. Matt Ryan, I'm sorry, he's, he's not an ideal fit for your style of play. You, know, you think about no. what they did with Ryan Tannehill and how good of a quarterback Ryan Tannehill is when you allow him to be a little bit of an athlete, and play action passing, and, and move around yeah. a little bit. Let him, Matt, let him
0: throw on the move, let him right. threaten with his legs. Matt Ryan right. can't do any of that. Yeah.
2: So for me, I look at that, and it's if Trey Lance is there, I understand you're not going to get a good return on investment in year one because you still have Matt Ryan and you, from a salary cap perspective, with the restructure that they gave him, you're not going to move off of Matt Ryan this year. But Trey Lance, this is a home run pick from you're ideally not going to be in this position again anytime in the near future. If your coaching hire goes off and your GM hire goes off the way that you think it will, You're not going to be in a position to draft somebody with those kinds of physical tools. And you have the luxury of not being rushed to play him right away. So it's kind of a perfect storm for me. That makes me really get behind the the idea of whether it's Atlanta or somebody trading up, if they get a Godfather offer, this being the Trey Lance spot. I buy that
0: too. So
2: you you got four quarterbacks right away. That's unprecedented. uh, It's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, people talk about how important it is. But no one talks about four quarterbacks going off the top of the draft. And that's, that's, that's pretty interesting. That does, though, open up the rest of the picks starting at five with a whole lot of options for folks because you thought a lot of guys were going to go and, and the quarterbacks are going to get broken up. So what are you looking at number five here? What do you, what do you see happening?
2: My anticipation is that this will end up being Penesul. Sewell. Uh, I know okay. the Jamar Chase train is real hot and heavy right now because of the connection with Joe Burrow and, um, I think that's really the only only player that could possibly pull Cincinnati off of drafting Penny Sewell. But you know, Sewell showed up at three thirty at the Oregon Pro Day and, and had really good testing numbers. He showed he still has the athleticism, and he's inexperienced. I, I believe he's played you no know, like fifteen hundred snaps, and that's yeah. it at the University of Oregon. And he was nineteen years old in two thousand nineteen as a, a true sophomore playing. He's only going to get better, and. Riley Reef and Jonah Williams are not stopping me from drafting the best available offensive lineman because you can move Jonah Williams around if you need to. I'm not hitching my wagon to to Riley Reef. How many times do you see that a team with a bad offensive line signs one 30 plus year offensive lineman on free agency and says, hey, we address the offensive line. We're good to go. And that guy gets hurt the first month of the season. And lo and behold, now your offensive line is right back to square one.
1: Yeah, Riley wow. Flashbacks of TJ a Lang.
2: <laughs> and Josh Sitton with the Dolphins a couple years yeah. ago. It was the yeah. same thing. You would know that. Well, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's uh so I'm I'm with you on that. I do think it will wind up being Sewell as well. Um so let's let's talk about the offensive tackle real quick before we go on to number six. Sure. You you're I know you're a big believer in Sewell. Uh, what about Rayshon Slater? Do you think he's worthy of being in that conversation? There, um, Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Is he is he somebody that's worthy of being up in that conversation as well? And and is this looks like a fantastic offensive tackle class? Is is it something where you could possibly wait if you're Cincinnati and maybe get a guy like like Spencer Brown a little bit later or uh, Cosme, uh, who I'm not a big fan of, but I know he tested well. Um, somebody like that, if they want to go on chase, do you think that, because I think you can get, this is a weird year for offensive line where you can get deeper guys who can come in right away and play. Do you think they, they consider that or, or, or what's going on with that?
2: Yeah. So I know that that's quite the popular phrasing and ideology right now for the wide receiver position, right? Is Oh, you see all these day two wide receivers, they come in, they contribute right away. But this is a very rare offensive line class, not just at offensive tackle, but I think on the interior as well. I think there's a lot of really likable players on day two and getting into the early day three range. So I think that that door swings both ways as far as you can make the case for let's wait on the wide receiver and get one on day two because there's a high precedent of that paying off quite early. And, and Cincinnati got some bright flashes from T. Higgins just this past year. They did. As a day two selection there. But. Uh, for me, I think if you're going to draft Sewell, you're betting on the upside and you're betting on what he can become yep. versus what he is right now. Because I'd say Rayshon Slater right now is a more polished football player than Penne Sewell is. But Penny Sewell, at his size and stature, what makes him so exciting and has so many people you know, wanting to project him into being one of the best players in this class is he got by... Almost exclusively on athleticism for the first half of the 2019 season. He was just a better athlete than everybody else. And it's like, okay, what's it gonna look like once he starts understanding yeah. the the feed economy and the strike timing and consistency with your hand placement? Yeah. And he's got, got some just lawnmower blocks up Yes. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, Watching him get up on the second level or getting outside the numbers on on screen game to the outside, which Oregon did a ton of with Justin Herbert was there in 2019 they did. and yeah. just railroads, dudes. It's a blast to watch him play.
1: And yeah. so we, we all agree that the draft is deep on offensive line. Uh, Duke Tobin himself saying this, right, that uh, there's guys available in the second and third round that they have starter grades on. Um, is this is this smoke or I mean, are they are you locked <laughs> in on the, the Penny Sewell? will two will pick.
2: I would anticipate this as a Penny Sewell selection here at five. There you go. Um, all right. yep. <laughs> but I would also I would also say Cincinnati should not just say, "Hey, we we drafted one guy, we're good." Like I mean, sure. your offensive line was brutal, like abysmally bad. So good, yeah. do Togan. I'm glad you got guys on day two that you view as starters because you should draft one of those and play them on the inside too. <laughs> like you need all the help you can get. <laughs> yeah, they really do. Excellent. <laughs> and if yeah. Penny
1: isn't their guy. Just who who would you think would be the guy they took instead? Just to kind of put a little bit of extra.
2: It's got to be Chase, right? I think so. Yeah. I think the yeah. the connection there, and obviously with AJ Green leaving and signing in Arizona, and you know that that same style of play. And I know Jamar Chase isn't that stature, but he plays that same brand he of football does. as far as really aggressive, really physical. Uh, and, and he really helped himself with his uh, pro day testing as well, running in the four threes. And even if you juice that number for pro days, right, it's okay. like, okay, go ahead and add a 10th of a second because he ran it at, at the pro day. He still ran sub four five. And I know a lot of people that thought he was going to run right around four five flat. So yeah. yep. he had, a, he did great for himself. It, it feels he'd like he'd the, be there at Cincinnati.
1: It feels like the Tobin quote is just as much getting the chase folks ramped up to maybe trade up to take him. Uh, and get maybe. some get some juice out of that that pick. I would some not guys give later. Duke
0: Tobin or the Bengals organization that much credit. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> never not. That's a great point. <laughs> All right, hey, maybe, maybe a new leaf is turning
1: over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <it's>... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's take a look at the Miami pick now. Here we are sitting at number six. Uh, we've got an absolute expert who's never been wrong about Miami, especially in the first round. What do we got here, Kyle? <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no pressure. <laughs> I think if Kyle Pitts is there, I think the pick would be Kyle Pitts. I think you can look right. at it from a number of different angles for the Dolphins. Uh, Chris Greer has not shied away from in the past. 2020 was a little bit of a tendency breaker. You knew they were going to get quarterback and offensive tackle early in the draft coming in. Uh, but they've been a team that has under Chris Greer kind of gravitated towards best player available. Uh, you think about when Laramie Tunsil fell in the draft in 2016. Uh, you think about minka fitzpatrick in in 2018 when he fell that to me would be a a best player available fit the dolphins desperately need playmakers guys capable of creating explosive plays yes so great you sign will fuller you need like two more guys so you know that this number six pick is going to be a premier spot to add one of those guys and the dolphins were really productive like grossly more productive in 12 personnel than they were in 11 personnel. And some of that's a testament to the lack of depth that they had in the wide receiver room. Um, but both Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tagovailoa alike saw a significant bump in their passer efficiencies when there were multiple tight ends on the field. And then you look at the profile of Mike Isecki. He spent 65% of his snaps last year just lined up in the slot. So he, oh. uh, he, he's a slot wide receiver. is he's effectively he's just a big slot.
1: Yeah.
2: And then you look at Kyle Pitts, 60% of his snaps this past year at the University of Florida, hand in the dirt. Now, I think you can move both of those guys around, but you can simultaneously come out in ace formation with a tight end on either side of the field and run downhill at teams, or you can come out with those two guys still on the field and run empty and go five wide. So that mismatch opportunity, I think is something the Dolphins would really appreciate because they talk about being multiple and everything that they
1: do oh, oh i know that word let me ask yes, you that. yes <laughs> we do we we got we got scarred by that one from our, our former coach um with with, with, with um there's a lot of talk and there has been some talk and, and this may be uninformed talk because we don't spend as much time with Miami as, as maybe you do. But um that, that Tua hasn't done a lot of the, the hasn't had the confidence maybe to do the downfield throws. It's been a lot of really short passes out of him and, and the jury's maybe out. Some people maybe are coming to an early verdict on him. A guy like Pitts is probably an ideal fit if Tua is the guy that they want to give this year to really develop and show what he has. Um, is, do you think that's part of the conversation here? And and what do you think the future holds for Tua? And and what's Miami's thinking on, on him and his role on the team?
2: Well, they, they have been very clear to communicate uh, confidence in what he can continue to develop into as a quarterback. But I thought it was interesting. You listen to Tua Tungvaloa during the course of the season, and you sit in on the press conferences post-game and during the week and all that kind of stuff, and then the exit interviews at the end of the season – and Tua Valoa would be the first person to tell you he didn't execute the reads at times. He didn't read the field particularly well at times. And he didn't do a lot of the pre-stab stuff to eliminate route combinations and understand where he was supposed to go with the football. So there's a lot of preparation and the mental side of the game that Tua Valoa needs to spend a lot of time working on this off season and, and the Dolphins seem intent to allow him to do that. Uh, they obviously believed in him enough to make him the number five overall pick. He wasn't as bad as like the national narrative is, which is just looking at it from an overhead perspective and saying, oh, well, he got benched twice for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He must stink. Well, not necessarily. And there were games in which Chang'e opened up the playbook a little bit from a no-huddle perspective and tempo perspective. You saw that in the second half of the Cincinnati game. You saw that in the second half of the Kansas City game, after they gave up 24 points in like five minutes a game clock, and they went from like a 10 point lead to, to losing by two touchdowns in the blink of an eye, um, and he was able to really play with a rhythm. And I thought it was interesting that you watched Tua early on when he first got installed in the lineup against Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Chargers, those teams, and he really played with more confidence, and then seemed to shell up a little bit as the season went on. And some of that was, I think had some injuries in the skill group. And then also they were in the midst of a playoff push. And and the whole dolphins mantra is, you know, win the turnover battle play smart, don't do anything stupid. So these guys aren't open. And he's like, well, I don't want to turn the ball over because that gets drilled into me all, all week long. So Ryan Fitzpatrick is showed that kind of reckless flair and, it worked out for them against the raiders and it almost worked out for them against the broncos but you know if if Tua's psyche in that in that position was i don't want to make the backbreaking mistake then you have to go out and get skill players that are going to really cater to the way he saw the field which is guys who win earlier in the rep
1: yeah and it really goes to the point that you made with four quarterbacks going off in the draft early number 1 we know how important the quarterback is in an offense but there's a change and a shift that's happening where guys guys who would get time to develop and season historically aren't getting that as much anymore. It's the requirement is you need to come into the NFL, especially as an early pick quarterback, NFL ready to play. And if you don't, you may not get a shot. Sam Darnold's an interesting kind of getting a second chance in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a real neat story going on right now. But um the the league has definitely changed and there's a lot of guys who maybe would have made it bubble early if they had to play but would have made it in the league later with a little bit of seasoning where it doesn't feel like that's going to happen as much anymore. Would you agree? Do you think and do you think that's the risk here for Tua?
2: Yeah, I think that that's definitely the case. I think some of that is due to it wasn't that long ago when they instilled the change in the collective bargaining agreement that had the rookie wage scale put into place. So financially speaking, this is no longer a backbreaker. If you swing and miss on a quarterback, you can transition, take your lumps with the dead cap in one year and be done with that player as compared to, well, you know, these guys are getting top of market contracts just because they're coming into the league as draft picks. And uh, we're, we're kind of committed to this guy for an extended period of time. And, and there's also uh that kind of society in general everything's like instantaneous right so and and that inevitably bleeds into your decision making and your owners who make decisions on who's in control of personnel and who's your coach and and ripple effect coming down to quarterback so i think there's a couple different layers here but i would definitely agree that like these you got like a two-year window to inspire otherwise like you're on the hot seat right off the jump
1: yeah yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Before we head into the Lions, I do one last thing I want to do. I want to talk about for Lions fans. Um, some of the, you know, we've got our quarterback this year in Jared Goff and some folks have a little bit of pain, anxiety and sleeplessness, a little insomnia going on. Head on over to CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. That will help you with all of those symptoms. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. There's two brands that we have there. There's the normal CBD, which will help you with all of those maladies. You'll pass your drug test, all that kind of thing. And then there's their chill line, which you will not pass those tests, but you will plant yourself in a couch for a couple of hours. Uh, I just got another one. Um, A guy said his wife lost a couple hours. You people, listen to me. If you're going to get those things, especially the gummies, just eat one the first time and see what it does. Don't go munching on them because eh, 15 minutes later you didn't feel anything. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get yourself taken care of, and, and let's let's eat responsibly, folks. All
0: right. Yeah. And if you've got a little one at home like Kyle does, keep them out of the reach of children. Please.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Kyle, for letting us
1: do that. Really quick. Okay, so let's go into the Detroit Lions, number seven overall. Um, historically, a top ten picker in the NFL draft. Here we are again. Um, what are we looking at at number seven?
2: <laughs> I think you guys are in an interesting spot. I, I think depending on if there is a quarterback who falls, whether it's, you know, if if there is genuine interest in Mac Jones from the teams that are kind of in the teens and later on, you know, could you guys entertain a a trade back scenario? I would love nothing more than following a team as somebody who follows a team who overly committed to the rebuild process and went out and got all the draft picks (laughs) under the sun. You guys are set up really well with the Matt Stafford deal. now. If you could continue to parlay that and really set yourself up for success, especially, and I think this is something that gets slept on a little bit, this draft process is even more unlike any draft process than we have experienced before because of yeah. the COVID restrictions, no on-field testing for the NFL Combine. Uh, it's, it's much more restricted as far as the pro days. Uh, so getting future assets that you can invest when things are closer back to the status quo uh, I think would really position any team that wants to kind of kick the can down the road a little bit uh, to feel more confident in some of their big investment opportunities. So for Detroit, you're picking at seven, you could go best player available and I would definitely not have any issue with them doing that, but if they could somehow manage to drum up some kind of market, whether it's from even Denver at nine, New England at 15, uh, you look at some of these teams a little bit further back in Chicago and Washington and the Pittsburgh Steelers, are, I think, are kind of a sleeper to potentially try to make a splash for a quarterback if they find themselves in that situation, because otherwise they're in, in quarterback purgatory to no end. Then that would be the <laughs> ideal scenario, in my opinion, for how Detroit could attack this pick.
1: Riz, can you imagine the celebration if the Lions were able to get chicago to trade up for mac jones especially after the laughing uh stock that i, the I would never China. wear <laughs>
0: pants again <laughs> never
1: oh my goodness yeah you know it's and it's funny because we talk about wanting to trade down and get all the picks but um, it's always about finding that partner, finding somebody yeah, willing. Yeah. And, and in this case, if, especially in the Mac Jones lottery, I'm down on Mac. I mean, he, he you know, senior bowl. I, I don't hate
0: Mac. Um, I actually rated him a little bit higher than Kyle Wilson. I just I don't get Kyle Wilson. I really don't. Um, I think that Jones uh, Wilson certainly has a much higher ceiling, but I think you're more likely to get to Jones ceiling as as Kirk Cousins and Brian Hoyerish as that might be. I, I think he's a lot safer to get there. Um, whereas uh, Wilson could be – he could be Ryan Tannehill. He could be Johnny Manziel. Who knows? Um, and that 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 uncertainty scares the crap out of me. So uh, it, it, either way, I'm happy trading back from that. I don't want the Lions to take those. If Fields is at seven, take me to the podium. Oh, uh, right, I will be Ryan. in Cleveland. I will run into that lake um, <laughs> and, and be very happy about that. But uh, it, let's say in this scenario he's gone, um, and I uh, – Real quick, Kyle, do you believe that, that the NFL is that, this generally down on fields as what we're hearing?
2: No, I, don't. I agree. Uh, okay. I, I don't know what the motivation is specifically, but this is the disinformation season that, that has me kind of believing that a lot of what's getting out there now is, is manipulative towards the process more okay. than anything else.
0: OK, all right. all right. So we're at seven. Let's say, let's say Cincinnati took Sewell. So you've got Jamar Chase, you've got Rashawn Slater, you've got Patrick Sertain is still there. Your top pass rushers, be it uh, Quiddy Pay or Jalen Phillips, are still there. That's, a, that's an underappreciated need in Detroit. You've got um, Devontae Smith is still there.
2: Um, where would you go if you were making that pick? So I think the guy who would be most likely to bite off a kneecap or two <laughs> right, would probably like be Jamar Chase. So I I know the wide receiver value in the top 10 is, is not great. Uh, But I think from Chase's athletic profile, his style of play, I think would really mesh with Detroit and understanding lost Marvin Jones, you lost Kenny Galladay. So like just pick good football players at this point. Like I wouldn't pigeonhole myself into anything. And it's an added bonus that, uh, Detroit has the need at wide receiver that they do. So I look at his style of play. I look at his talent level. I look at his youth and and what he can continue to develop into. And even without having played in 2020, Um, Jamar Chase would probably be my personal favorite for that pick. If you got slotted into having to pick at seven and everything else played out the way we talked about.
1: I think it's tough. I mean, because if they pick a wide receiver, it's going to be everyone screaming, oh, you picked for need, right? And and it's an obvious, it's an absolute gaping hole. Right. Um, the other side of that is, is you have a quarterback who everyone hasn't bought in on yet. I mean, I know Brad Holmes has because he was with him before. Clearly, yes. But there's a lot of people that haven't. And not giving Jared Goff uh, weapons to work with is not giving him a fair evaluation and will likely shorten his career in Detroit up. Um, uh, Probably unfairly, but we won't we won't know because he just won't have anybody to throw to right now. Um, what are we talking about? Cephas is our next man up right now. Or, or Terrell Williams, I guess. Um, we you just yeah, don't have a whole lot there, right?
0: Rashad Perriman. We got <laughs> Khalif Raymond, who nobody in Detroit had ever heard of before he signed here. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's your starting starting slot receiver and Danny Amendola replacement.
1: Yeah. So, so it's a huge need, right? But it also yeah. seems to make sense, I think. I think wide receiver in the first round makes sense both from a need and an availability perspective, particularly on, on what we're talking here, Kyle. I even see the opportunity for the Lions to take another I mean I, I want all the defensive players this year basically just give me a line some safeties and I know Riz is really banging the table for an off-ball linebacker but uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but uh <laughs> wide receiver is just such a glaring hole I I would actually be very very happy with a chase pickup at number seven in this draft uh, Riz, I mean, yeah. it, it makes good sense. How about you? No,
0: I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, any thought on, that you would go Jalen Waddle? Where are you at on Jalen Waddle? Because I think he's the other real legitimate consideration for Detroit at wide receiver. I don't. I see Devontae Smith following a little bit just because of his size, whether that's right, right or wrong,
2: it's real. Um, so, so where are you at on Waddle? I personally have Waddle rated as my wide receiver one. I oh, think he's oh. that's me. explosive, you <laughs> electric. You watch the tape. Like he's the number two read in, in the progression in the four games that he played uh early in the season when he was healthy, and just he still managed to outproduce Devontae Smith over the first four games of the season this year in route to Devontae Smith winning the Heisman once he got hurt and all that extra production just getting put onto his plate. And okay, all these manufactured touches, Devontae, we're just gonna give them to you instead of giving them to, to Jalen Waddell. But I think his average length of Touchdown reception and 17 touchdowns of his career is 44 or 45 yards.
0: It's 44.75 yards. I saw that today.
2: (laughs) Like you watch the influence that he has. I I saw Daniel Jeremiah mentioned that he was the fastest GPS tracked wide receiver in this year's class. And it was quote, not close. Like the speed that he has and the influence on what that does for so much that's also happening on the field with extra attention. You hear that proverbial, take the top off the defense and like that gets really cliche at times, but for a guy like Jalen Waddle, like it's you, real, you cannot play him with a single high safety in the middle of the field and try and no. like play contact in the contact. You cannot do it. You have to go split safeties because he will destroy you with speed. And he did it at Alabama. And I think he runs a little bit more divert route or diverse route tree than what he gets credit for. And you know, talking about him and where he's at in the read progression, and not having some of the otherworldly production like Devontae Smith has, he was open. Like he he was def- consistently defeating man coverage just as often as Devontae Smith was. Even though Devonte got more volume, Jalen still got more production. So for me, like he's the real deal.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, and and that the
2: the punt return. Oh, oh my
1: god! Oh my god! Kyle's really made my, made himself a friend of mine. I, I love that. I, he, I'm in the same spot. I love I love me some waddle. I think he's he's the guy for the Lions. But I respect your pick. Um, yeah. One thing I I, I want to really touch on, on on the question about Devontae Smith before I know Riz had mentioned, mm-hmm. and I have a couple questions about some guys a little bit later in the draft. Um, but really quick, Devontae Smith, the you know the talk about his size, how big a, th- a factor is that really? If you're looking at this, is this really the biggest a, a big enough knock to push him down? the wide receiver uh, draft board.
2: Well, I think that the thing you have to look at is is historical context here. And I know people talk about well, Marvin Harrison or Isaac Bruce or Chad Ochocinco, as guys. that, But like Devontae Smith, when he comes into the league, I saw this somewhere across my timeline on social media. He will be the least dense wide receiver in the entire NFL the moment he's drafted. Like from a height versus weight perspective. And you wow. have to think about... He didn't weigh in at the senior bowl so that he could buy time to weigh in at the Alabama Pro Day to get to 170. That's a great And point. Cho- and chose not to run. Wow. Like you you bought yourself 6 extra weeks to get to 170? Like I can't
0: I can't fathom a guy being less dense than Paul Richardson.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy's that guy's calves are the size of my pinky. And that's assuming that he plays at 170. So just just from a history, you're betting on him being the exception to the rule, which if you're talking about it like a top eight pick, like I'm not interested in doing that. Like if if Devontae Smith is your guy and you love his tape and like I really like his tape, I do, too, then then go ahead and try and trade back to like. 11 with the giants and stay in front of the Philadelphia Eagles, or if you get the word that the, the Eagles aren't going to be in on Devonte Smith and just make sure you're in front of like the new England Patriots or something like that at 15. Yeah. So like you, I have a really hard time with buying in on just, there's no context of a player of this stature going this early and having the success that you're expecting him to have based on his production in 2020.
1: You know, you you make such a great point, and it it, it goes. I'm a real bet on yourself kind of guy. If you can do it, you you put it out there and you show it, right? I, and I know, look, it, there's no need for Trevor Lawrence to show up at the Senior Bowl. Right there's no there's no need at all. But for Devontae Smith to 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 not basically show up and then show up at Pro Day and weigh in, but not run, you're not showing that you have what you're supposed to have. Those are two key factors, right? Show me the, the density for lack of a better term and show me the speed with the density. And if you don't, I start to question, right? If you believe in yourself and I, and and if you think that you have what it takes to be that guy and it's, it, it just looks like you're hiding something. We often, I go back to the the kind of corporate world where I where I come from and one of the things when you talk about compliance is it's not just enough to be compliant you have to do things that don't even look like uh you're not being compliant. If you do something that gives yeah. the air that you're not doing the right thing, then it's a big check and that's there's gonna be a response and, and 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 things happen because of that. That's kind of the the you know the transfer of what's happening right here. He's doing things that make him look like he's not gonna be the guy or he can't overcome this this we'll call it the density issue today, Kyle. I, I love I love that. Um but this issue. And that that makes me really, really question where he, where he should be picked in the draft. He looks like a great player, but I just worry about that durability so much. Yeah. And he's not betting on himself. That's Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Riz, yeah. you had some guys later in the draft you want to talk yeah, about. So I, I, I have two I in
2: want, particular. I want, I, two want, I want to ask real quick. Um, okay. Let me buckle in here. Hold on. Yeah, th- 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 th-
0: this <laughs> this cool. is easy. So we're not getting a quarterback in the first round. Yep. And you're in the Lions. You've got Jared Goff, and you've got David Blau. And you've got uh, who the hell else do we sign? We sign somebody else. I'm I mean I'm completely blank in here. I'm sorry, I'm on like three hours of sleep. We have <laughs> another quarterback that's not Chase Daniel, that made me very happy because Chase Daniel's presence on this team made me physically angry and ill.
1: <laughs> I'll do that while you do this. Sorry.
0: So so if you're not taking a quarterback, this it's Tim year, Boyle.
1: Thank you, Boyle. Th- yes,
0: thank you. It's Tim, Tim Boyle. Boyle. That's thank the that's yes. the
1: Miami thank guy. <Yes>.
0: Ask the Miami guy <laughs> about Detroit's roster. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Um I'm a draft
2: guy. It's fine. Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> would you be interested in taking a guy like a Jamie Newman or a Kellen Mond or a Shane Bouchelle in the middle rounds, or would you just not do that at all and think, hey, we're getting our quarterback with our two first-round picks next year. We'll, we'll either get with one or load it together. Would you waste – I don't want to say waste because that's not the right word. Would you burn a pick this year hoping that it comes into something when you have the opportunity to get a quarterback first next year?
2: I wouldn't. And the reason why is because I think if you're a quarterback that's worth a grain of salt in this year's class, you're going to go really early. Uh, Obviously, we're we're talking potentially four in the first four picks, five in the first round. And then like your next year down is Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, Kyle Trask. And then like if you want to take a flyer on Jamie Newman or Felipe Franks, but like Mond Mills and Trask feel like they're going to go on day two, and if I'm Detroit, like if this isn't the guy who you're going to commit to long term, why are you going to use a day two pick on a quarterback that's going to be your backup? Like that's nonsensical right. to me. So like your best case scenario is a Jamie Newman or a Sam Ellinger or a Felipe Franks, and like at that point, it's just like it's kind of overkill, right? Like like David Blau has had some fun little moments on tape, but like you know what he is <laughs> as a player. Yeah, uh, and you know you're not done at quarterback. So for me, you know, I I would be trying to position myself as best as I possibly could to put as much around Jared Goff, and even if that means another day three skill player or something like that, to give an honest evaluation. And maybe you do strike gold, and maybe you know, getting away from Sean McVay is the best thing that's ever happened to Jared Goff. But you don't know until you try. So that's how I would okay. choose to attack. It.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, I like All that. Right.
2: What do
1: you think about Jamie, Jamie Newman overall? He looked so intriguing yeah. going into the the Senior Bowl, and then seeing him, I really missed the the weigh in this year. I, I, I love it. that really kicks off a lot of my evaluation. Watching how these guys come in, seeing Jamie, uh, the tape of him on the field, he was just ripped. He came in just looking powerful, athletic. He had that year off. I was I was really impressed. I thought this guy was someone that may be able to pull something out, and then he was just so inconsistent. Just it it was it was I didn't know what to think, and I still don't know what to think about this guy. A
2: little bit of an odd story too, right? He's at Wake Forest. He transfers to Georgia. Um, The SEC ends up playing. He ends up kind of opting out anyway, without ever having played for the University of Georgia. And uh, they they had who Stetson Bennett, who who looked like (laughs) Chase Daniel mixed with uh, Boyle. David Blau <laughs> versus Tim Boyle, like the, all of those guys, you put them into a mixer and the guy that you get out is Stetson Bennett, right? It's like, man, like you didn't stay and beat this guy out and play and showcase what you can do. Okay. Yeah. But, and then you come to the senior bowl. And I didn't think he really showcased a, a, a feel for it as far as yeah. being a passer, and you assess what the wake forest offense was. And they have this really Weird mesh point zone read in which he's walking with the back for three steps in the back. It's like I just don't know what's going to translate here. So he's got the physical toolbox to work with, but I for Jamie Newman, like you wish you would have seen him play at Georgia or put something on tape on something that's a little bit more translatable. Right now, I think you're starting from square one. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, I have another player I want to ask about um, really quick before I give it back to to Riz. Cade Johnson from South Dakota State. I know mm-hmm. I'm going deep here, but Riz will tell you I have a type.
0: Oh, Kyle knows him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Riz will tell you I have a type, and I just loved him at Senior Bowl this year. He was a guy that that really jumped out at me later round, right, I think, but a guy that really has a lot of ups, upside potential. What, what's your thoughts on Cade?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, not the biggest or the strongest, right? He's mm-hmm. at these, like 5'10", 190 or something like that was his size down at the Senior Bowl, but – he was silky smooth and he, he put a couple guys in the blender throughout the course of that week, as far as running routes and one-on-one. And I understand that's an environment that is skewed significantly towards the offensive players because there's so much space to work with, regardless whether you're wide receiver and offensive lineman, um, you know, it, it kind of gives you a, a difficult grasp on what the actual game situation's like. And then you have the competitive balance things in place for the game itself. But you watch the, the route running ability that he had, and I really had an appreciation for oh, just kind of the savvy that he had to create a little bit of space and, and defeat man coverage in th- that environment. So, I, the challenge for K. Johnson, as far as him maximizing his opportunity at the end of this month, is it's such a deep wide receiver class. Like somebody's going to get a really good football player. I just don't know when. Like when are you going to prioritize K. Johnson? Amid all of these really good oh, wide but, receivers and the slot receivers specifically, there's so many good yeah. ones this year. Endless, it's endless. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. that's that's I guess it's good news for Detroit, right? Because yeah. if if you say, "Hey, Detroit. Kate Johnson's our guy," go ahead, go ahead and sit on that, draft him in the fifth round, and don't look back.
1: Yeah, no. I like that. I, I yeah. would love that. I would be a very very happy player or a very very happy guy if we got him in the fifth. Um, All right. Riz, what would you have up? on? Next? I,
0: I, w- I want to ask, find me a safety that doesn't come on day one who's better than Will Harris and, <laughs> and, better, and better than C.J. Moore, who are currently both starting safeties in Detroit with Tracy Walker. You want a
2: you, you center fielder type or you want to come down in the box type?
0: Uh, I, I would prefer
2: somebody who... Uh-oh. I guess we'll
1: never know. No, he'll he'll be back. He does this to <laughs> us sometimes. It's uh, his son's making some popcorn in the microwave, and it just shuts oh, everything. Okay, down. okay, okay. I, I don't know if that's really it. but It's fun enough to say. Uh, all right, so let's start with a come down in the box guy, and then see what Riz says when he uh, when he comes back.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think Jamar Johnson from Indiana is a name who is a junior, declared early, six foot one, one hundred ninety five, two hundred pounds. And he's got a lot of really attractive appeal as far as a guy who can actually do a little bit of everything. You know, I I was impressed with his ability uh, to kind of come down, fill the alley, play the run, tackle. Um, He's somebody who is probably going to be a day two selection, uh, but I think he has a chance to threaten to be a a late second round selection. He can play some man to man in the slot. Uh, So, Jeff, welcome back. We're talking Jamar Johnson, safety from Indiana, as a guy for Detroit.
1: He may, he may, he may be back only in video alone. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, love that. All right, let's 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 talk center center fielder, and um, we'll we'll see what we can do about uh, getting um getting Jeff the answers when he comes back.
2: <laughs> I think Richard LeCount from from Georgia is somebody who is probably this process has not been kind to him he got hurt he had a believe it was a motorcycle accident during the season um, but he has significant experience starting for the University of Georgia uh, I think he can step into a free safety role I don't think he's super dynamic I don't think he's going to have sideline to sideline range uh, but he has bright flashes on tape so if you can kind of mitigate the peaks and the valleys and kind of even everything out a little bit I think Richard LeCount has the potential to be a a mid-round steal if you don't ask him to do too much. Got it.
1: All right. So, Jeff, you missed the –
0: I heard about Johnson. Okay, you did. Oh, good. Okay, good, good. Yeah, I
2: I like him a lot. I
0: could hear you guys. I just couldn't communicate for some reason. And, yes, Chris, you were correct. My son was indeed making popcorn. (laughs)
2: That's how you know, you guys know you've been podcasting together long enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Wait, wait, yes. Very Suck much that stuff. out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not, not the first time, sadly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: awesome awesome okay anybody else you wanted to check i know kyle you've, you've been really gracious with your time yeah really-
0: we, we appreciate your time very much kyle um just one other um a late day um offensive tackle prospect that you like um I mean, we're talking like like day three or undrafted guy i got like um like alex taylor went last year in that range somebody like that um the lions have matt nelson as the number three right now the former defensive end at iowa and i know Offensive line coach Hank Fraley likes him, but I'd also like him to have some competition. So give me somebody like real deep who could come in and, and be the competitor for that.
2: Okay. Um, I look at Brandon Jamies from, from Nebraska. Thank as, you. That's my guy. There you go. Okay. Well, that That's would be my friends. pick. If, if we're talking <laughs> a day three selection, uh, he's another guy that came down to the senior bowl. Uh, he, he showed play a little everywhere. Something. Yep. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. positioned, versatile. I think he's fairly smooth. He doesn't have any dominating physical traits, but he just kind of gets like leverage and position. So Brendan Jamie's, I think is going to step in for somebody and be a really valuable, if nothing else, a utility offensive lineman. That's going to be your sixth offensive lineman that can play all over the place. Love it. Thank awesome.
1: you. <laughs> Kyle, really appreciate your generosity yes. with your time. And this was this was awesome. Um, really, really appreciate you coming on and, and it was great. Really love to yeah. have you. Would love to yeah. have you on again um for sure might have an opportunity actually we can we can get into that as uh off the air a little bit risk we'll see if we can get a yeah. draft Kyle, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll <laughs> lean on him we, lo- we love cool. kyle.
1: yeah, yeah thanks, great thanks so much
0: for your time kyle we appreciate it and i'll see you in the chat
1: kyle Krabs, follow him on twitter <laughs> at grinding the tape he's the director of scouting for the draft network also lead editor of the dolphins wire and just all around great dude check him out draftnetwork.com anywhere you can find him grinding the tape on twitter i said all right hey, kyle thanks so much for joining us man really appreciate it.
0: Thanks guys. Thanks Take care. Me.
1: All right. Have a good one, bud.
0: Right. I like, I like smart people. I like, I like surrounding myself with smart people and I always feel smarter when I hang out with Kyle. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. great.
1: Great, yeah. great guy. Really, really great content. Really, really good.
0: People yeah. He, he knows his stuff inside out. I, I know, I know he eats and sleeps NFL draft. Um, yeah. but, uh, but he actually, a uh, funny story, how we met, um, he was new to Twitter and sort of new to the game at that time. And he came up to me um, and I was standing with uh, with Eric Galco, who was from uh, Optimum Scouting at the time. He wound up being the scouting director for the XFL. Um, and he came up to us and was just like, hey, man, um, introduce himself. We're like, okay, all right. And he gave us a, a little scouting report. It was on Mike Evans. And like every single thing that he wrote was like, wow, dude, this, this, okay, this this guy knows what's up. So I, I got I got to know Kyle a little bit. and I I've, We've become good friends over the years. He is really 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 smart. Yeah, he is. Um, like all like all draft analysts, we're going to have our misses. Uh but but he is someone uh, and he has he doesn't take himself seriously enough that if he misses on someone he's going to, you know, get super defensive about it. Um you got to know how to approach Kyle a little bit. He can be a little, you know. You don't you don't want to poke the bear in the eye, but maybe mm-hmm. in the shoulder. You know um, you
1: know why I know he's smart? <laughs> Cause he agrees Why? with me on uh, Waddle and on uh, all the way down to uh, Cade. There,
0: there, there, you, you found it. You, you found a, com- a simpatico man right there. Yeah. Oh my God. that <laughs> was just like, Holy
1: cow. This is great. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So okay. that was, that was real good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for having Kyle. Um, we have a tentative draft guest for next week. I don't want to jinx it though. So uh, uh, another one. I uh, mean, this, this was, this is someone who actually worked in the NFL for several years. So uh, if, if it, comes together great if not we will have him in our first show after the draft to wrap up who the lions took
1: how's that sound guys do you guys look like okay um i want to say thanks to loretto loretto martin for the super chats are we talking about speed someone told me that speed is everywhere in the future of the nfl is an old slow pocket quarterback old men tight ends and no speedy wide receivers to win the super bowl it's like defense trumps speed
0: yeah <laughs> <And> patricia <laughs> It hurts, it hurts one, one of the things that we did get into with Kyle was the Patriot way south, um, because that's that's what they have in, in Miami. Yep. They and Tennessee got the better of the Patriot ways. Unfortunately. When he yeah.
1: said multiple, it really did. I, know. I, didn't, I, know. I didn't think but, that that was going to happen, but it, I wouldn't have predicted that reaction. But, uh,
0: and, and that shows that in theory, being multiple isn't terrible but god you gotta oh, enough, enough of that we're, we're a brad holmes dan campbell kneecap team now i'm yeah. happy about
1: that yeah i am too it's gonna be fun to watch at least that's that's what we're after all right let's not forget about cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com i forgot to tell you use coupon code lions to get 55 percent off cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com the chill line and the super chill will knock you down be careful and and, and you'll fail a drug test with that the anything that's not the chill line is 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 good for all those pain, anxiety, and insomnia situations? Coupon code Lions fifty five percent CBD. Lions Podcast. dot com. Thank you all for doing that. All right. um Next thing we I want to talk about. This isn't this isn't an Albright thing, and I want folks to understand. There's a there's a real difference when I talk about these things. But this was a yeah. And 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 Riz brought like, up. We'll, we'll,
0: his, we'll, we'll, we'll poke at Albright, but no no. I love Ben, and he knows that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he knows that if I'm if I'm coming at him, it's it's in good faith. Well, and, and Ben and
1: knows what he's doing spirit. too. I mean, yes, he he, does. You know, yes he does. does be ben, ben is also really, really smart. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is guy. This was just like, I think, something that he, he you know, you, you hit Twitter, you click it out, and you move on, and that's that. But sometimes, you know, Riz had the perfect thing for this, and I, I and he told us right before that, he came up with it right before the show started. So I think he to put it together with the captain, Captain Obvious thing here. Um <laughs> oh my God. My watch started talking to me. All right, Chris Burke and this is this is just like that like i said captain obvious take here the rebuild only succeeds if the lions nail rounds two to seven most years and they know that it's a big reason why holmes is here does that mean they'll take bigger swings in round one (laughs) um so So,
0: chris is not a clickbaity guy that's not that's not his nature at all but that's that's not the most poignant statement that's that's falling out of a canoe and wonder and Oh wow! The water really was wet. Thank you.
1: <laughs> rounds two to seven. If you can rail, nail rounds two to seven. Most years, I mean, you're going to have a good football team. That's
0: in it's... generally speaking, that's a good way to operate your football team. Um, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Especially
0: if you, especially if you hit, if you can get like a good starters out of to expand on Chris's thought. Because I, I, I will give Chris the benefit of the doubt and mm-hmm. and and extrapolate for him a little bit getting good starters out of your second third fourth round picks that's where you really build your team because then you don't have to pay free agents to take those roles you have cost containment you can keep those guys so you don't have to go shopping on the open market once they get there that's where you really hit that's why we need guys like Tracy Walker Will Harris Amani Oruwari Warrior, Deshaun Hand to work out and develop and be part of the team going forward. Otherwise, you've got to fix you've got to fix all those holes.
1: And it's why Quinn traditionally has done so bad in the draft because he has not hit. As I a mean, well, all, of- all
0: those guys can play to some extent, but you've you've got to get them. You got to put them in chances where they can succeed, too. And I don't think that the last coaching.
1: But you think about Jelani and Tease and, and Landis oh, wow. and all these guys that, right. he, that were. Now, just, now you're bringing me down. Right, right. No, no. <laughs> and this is what I'm talking about with Quinn. this is why we now have a, a bot in the Slack chat about uh, Bob Quinn. <laughs> Bob Quinn yes. bot. Um, Smart addition. <laughs> the. uh he just what I think Riz we did the show and we we came up with and we didn't talk about yeah his we went draft we class. went
0: through pick by pick didn't we yeah
1: yeah, yeah. and we wound up with like a thirty percent hit rate on his draft picks and this is why this team I mean is look where at look now. at last year
0: Jason Huntley's gone already Logan Stenberg is gonna get cut any day now I mean you can't do that with these picks when you're trying to build something you can't you can't miss that badly
1: yeah it's that's round three round four. Um, Cephas will—he's still wait and see. Hunt, Huntley's gone. I mean, he's—he's he's round
0: five. J, J Sean Cornell. Good. I mean, that's a seventh round. Who know yeah. He got hurt. Who knows what's going to happen with him? But yeah. I don't think anybody's expecting him to be a contributor. A world beater, yeah.
1: So a lot, lot, lot of misses. Um, in in many cases, Steve O in the chat did he did Quinn miss or did Patricia not develop him? It was absolutely both. Why not both in that situation? Yeah, put
0: those hands together. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so like there was no developing Ow. Tease table for example.
0: Hit too hard. I'm hitting too hard, Chris. <laughs> hurt myself.
1: Jelani, um, there's not a whole lot um, of development J- to do there.
0: Jelani Tavai can be your fourth off-ball linebacker who plays when you go to a three-linebacker set, which is traditionally now about 27% of your defensive reps have three linebackers on the field, and he will play when there are two tight ends on the field or a fullback and a tight end. And that's about the only time you will ever see him on the football field. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was just... So yeah, Quinn just missed and then you add you you add a little uh pinch of we can't develop our guys and it gets it gets ugly pretty quick. You get what we have yeah. here right now. So um we'll see. Yeah. I I this is the different I uh, difference between the staff before and the staff now, with so many uh former players being on the staff, they've lived it, right? They understand development. Um and, and
0: what's going And I, and I them, think and the, the fact that a lot them. of these guys, you know, guys like Aaron Glenn and Dew these are these are players guys who are coming in and joining this team they watch these guys play yeah. they know what they're about yep. i think that that familiarity is going to help you know it, it, it certainly can't hurt it, it's it's certainly worth the try
1: <laughs> yeah yeah oh no it's it, it'll be better than it was at least from a fun perspective for sure so all right uh let's go on the panthers and the jets made a move and this changes up the draft a little bit darn it i wanted to ask Kyle a about bit. this um <sighs> Yeah. Sam he Darnold. He gave us enough of his time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Darnold. Now, this is one of those things where you have a guy who didn't get a chance, who's getting his second chance. I think well deserved, because I think there's a lot more to Sam Darnold than what the Jets um let him. Number on three the
0: overall pick in 2018, up until about 16 hours before that draft, he thought he was going to be the number one pick. And most mock drafts that came out early that morning had him as the number one pick. Before the Browns uh, let it out that they were going to take Baker Mayfield, yep,
1: yep. Um, Sam Donald and, and is not an untalented guy.
0: No, he's not, and he's still young. He's twenty three years old and already has three years of NFL experience. He's had. Uh, Brashad Perriman was arguably the most talented wide receiver that he had to work with last year. Um, I, I know they had they had some slot guys that can play, but you're looking at a god awful skill position. Frank Gore was their best running back he's he, he's nearly as old as I am. You know, you, you just you can't have and, and their offensive line isn't great either. Um their their first round pick last year was Mackay Becton. He's monstrous, he had moments, he he is not a bust by any stretch, but I don't think he developed as quickly as they would have liked him to. You no, know, that, that was just a very bad situation. And then he had a psychopath as his head coach. We know how psychopaths can't coach. Um, a selfish narcissist, malignant narcissism for your for your Rush fans out there. That's Adam Gase. Hey, come on, I mean, if, if there was a worst worst coaching coach situation than, than Matt Patricia, it was Adam Gase. I mean, that was that a good uh that, 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 that was pretty darn good. That was I, I liked it. Crazy I, I nice liked Gase. I liked it a lot. You know, he, he has an odd Vladimir Putin looking thing to him, and that's Ooh. just a little scary to me. So he he had no chance to succeed in New York was long and the short, but he's going to Carolina now. They're an energetic team. They have an energetic young coach and Matt Rule, who I happen to like a lot, and I hope it works for him. I hope it works for Sam Darnold too, because I liked him in the draft process. I didn't love him, but I liked him. And I I want I, I hate that he has been put and, and painted into where he's at. Because a lot so he he does have to be better. He did not play well. I don't think he prepared as hard as he needed to on um, something that Kyle talked about with Tua uh, and the lack of understanding what you needed to do to be a professional. I don't think Sam Darnold ever really picked up on that quite honestly. I, I think that's something that Carolina's going to have to sort of instill in him very quickly, or it's not going to work there either, but he certainly has a lot of talent. He can make all the throws. He's, I know that's a cliche, but he really can. <laughs> um, I, I'm hopeful for him that it works out because I, I, you know, he was a guy that just had so much promise and, and easy. Sw- like, like there's guys that have swagger to them. Like, like Zach Wilson, yeah. Zach Wilson has obnoxious swagger to him. Mitch Trubisky level. Like I'm, I'm blowing my signing bonus on Axe body spray level of <laughs> obnoxiousness. Um Darnold didn't Darnold. Darnold had it more like, like I'm trying to think of who's like that. Like, uh, it, it sounds bad now because you, you say anything about Deshaun Watson and it goes the wrong way. When Deshaun Watson came out, he had an easy, confident swagger to him that people were attracted to. They're like, okay, this guy gets it. You know, he, he's very easy to relate to, easy to get along with. Obviously, that dynamic has completely changed now. But just going back to when he came out of Clemson and when he first got into Houston, you could see that dudes gravitated towards him naturally. And I think Sam Darnold had that when he was at USC and it didn't necessarily work in New York for him. I like the idea of also him getting out of New York and going to a lesser intense market where they have media that that won't try to trash you from the second that you put the uniform on. Yeah, I think it's going to be very beneficial for him.
1: Yeah, no, he he, I mean, look, he carries his own part of it, but um I'm, he does I'm he interested, does i'm interested to see what he can do and that's the one thing that we don't see is guys getting the chance to develop in a in a decent way before they get put on the field it's, it's the weight of the world on their shoulders it, in shoulders a way on it,
0: it, it, it's not dissimilar to what we're hoping for with jared goff in detroit mm-hmm. where where it didn't work with his coach um there were there were signs of early success but then it went away fairly quickly uh, the, the skill position didn't necessarily develop the way they wanted to, um, in Los Angeles, the way that Goff needed them to. And now, now he's coming to Detroit and he's got a chance to start over with a coach that believes in him. More importantly, a general manager that believes in him. Um, and it,
1: and I think knows totally. what he needs as far as yeah, personnel. Yeah, I agree. I,
0: I think, I think Holmes, um, that this has been a big theme and, and I've been, I've been kind of terse with people on Twitter and I apologize for that. That, that, that's a me issue. That's not a you issue. Uh, I'm aware that that they're not going to take a quarterback in the top seven. I, even if it's Justin Fields, I really don't think they are. I want them to take Justin Fields. I, after talking with Kyle, I really don't think they're going to get that opportunity, but the, the whole notion of trying to build up around Jared Goff and make Jared Goff the long-term solution. I do believe that Brad Holmes believes that's the best course of, of, of action for this team. Um, I I know you see it that way too. And I, I will begrudgingly go along with that, with the with the knowledge that I don't think that's going to work. But goddamn, if it does, I'll be happy. I want to. I'll buy. I'll buy a golf jersey if that works. I I I would love to see it because he does have the potential. It's there. Yep. I'll we just you,
1: didn't see it the last couple of years. In the meantime, you can get the uh, Golfland Pipe shirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the Golf Plumbing shirt. We got that at podcast dot com slash store. It's a good one. Uh, a lot of people are picking that up. It's a sweet, sweet shirt. But I want to on Jared Goff. I want to go to. Something the narrative is already shifting, and I, 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 need to, I need to get in front of this because it bothers me when people are disingenuous and intellectually dishonest. All right, okay. Um, the talk is already started about Holmes bringing in his guy, right? Let me just refresh your memory. Holmes came in and didn't have a quarterback, Holmes came in with a guy who said, I'm not playing here, trade me in Matthew right. Stafford. He wound up getting the best available quarterback in the league and a boatload of picks and a steal of value. All and it just happens to be a guy who he's familiar with from a, a team before. What quarterback could he have picked up this year better than Jared Goff, Jeff? Can you can you help me with that?
0: Maybe Teddy Bridgewater, maybe? Ooh. Um uh there was some thought that the Cowboys really weren't serious about Dak and I would take Dak over over him but that that clearly wasn't, wasn't yeah, that
1: here. that price tag doesn't
0: <laughs> just um, make yeah I mean, um can I can, so, I would so, Ryan Fitzpatrick maybe oh
1: yeah that's maybe? that's but, but then you, what are you telling I, all the guys you're bringing I, in how do right, you
0: right know? exactly yeah I yeah I I don't I don't fault the move for golf I really don't um and in the context that you just laid out that absolutely makes sense. And he's but he's going to be better in twenty twenty one then probably all of the rookies um, with the possible exception of Lawrence. Yep. Um, just cause I think Trevor's that good. He, he's had those growing pains. I, I do think that, that too many people and I, I do fall into this on, I'll, I'll admit my guilt on it. Don't remember how good Goff was early in his career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and all of that credit has gone to Sean McVay. And I don't think that's fair to Goff, uh, But in the, in the same vein, the, Goff did not play well the last couple of years. He played his way out of McVay's graces, whether McVay's graces were consistent or not. He had to play better and he didn't. And I'm, I don't want the future of this franchise bet on a guy who did not, who could not live up to a, and I think Sean McVeigh's a very good coach who couldn't live up to a good coach's expectations for him. Yeah. That So now it, you give him a shot to prove it. Yes. Do you do you commit and and say this is our only path that we're going to explore? Hell no, and that that's that's why I'm still advocating for going for a quarterback um, either this year or or certainly next year. But but again, I'm not opposed to giving Jared Goff a chance and build weapons up around him because you know what, if it doesn't work, you've got weapons for the next guy.
1: Exactly, that's exactly where I'm at. And you've got the picks next year and the year after for your next guy. I think yeah. you're sitting on Goff's contract for this year and next year, and 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 then you're you're making your move. The following year on your quarterback, if golf doesn't work out, I just right. I just think because you're rebuilding anyway, and your quarterback's the last piece you kind of put in place that gives you the opportunity to put all those weapons there, put the defense there, and
0: if you don't like if you don't like the draft next year, be it Sam Howell or um, uh, uh, Slayton, uh, yep. not Slovis, Ke- Slovis. Keegan, Ke- uh, Ke- Slovis, or um, uh, Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma, they seem to be the consensus top three. I have not done enough work on any of them to know that, right. but I just see them out there. Um, if you don't like them, there's going to be some free agents that that might possibly come uh, who knows yep. uh, That you'll you'll have opportunities to replace them in more ways than just a draft and or trades. Uh, we've we've seen quarterbacks get traded. We might see Jimmy Garoppolo get traded soon. Who knows? Could happen on draft weekend. Yep. There, there, there are ways to acquire.
1: <laughs> I don't want Garoppolo over golf. No,
0: oh no, <laughs> I, I would certainly take Jared Goff over Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo might have gotten hurt while we said his name right there. That's that's how fragile <laughs> he is. Tripped
1: over the double Ps. Yeah.
0: So just just for the <laughs>
1: just for the folks out there, I, I just want to make that when you hear somebody start saying, you know, I'm you know skeptical of Holmes because he went out and got his guy and brought his guy. That's yeah, not that's what not, happened. That's not that's right. disingenuous as hell do not allow that to to cloud a conversation. Agree. someone says that just just turn and walk away it's not worth your time it's absolutely not worth your time they are not being intellectually honest with you in that conversation yeah Guess I, I agree to the folks in the chat man it's been the chat here is this is not your typical youtube chat you guys are awesome um really really good it's almost i should as, be watching <laughs> i don't have it on today it's it's really good they've been they've been they've been funny <laughs> and really good stuff going on good core group of guys that are doing stuff Uh, another great group of guys chatting in the patreon if you want to join the patreon slack it's a great place to hang out and uh, have great conversations lions and about 15 other channels going on you can patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast will get you in there get access all you gotta do is donate as little as a dollar a month worth it. Absolutely worth it. It is. And, get well soon, Greg. <laughs> and I will let you know we have our draft show coming up this year. The draft show. We'll have a a, a big mock draft on the 19th of April it looks like. Yes. And then we will I'm have good. day 1 and day 2 of the NFL draft live chatting. And um just so you know if you're in the Patreon on the Lions picks, we're going to have a reaction video of everybody. So if you want to be on that reaction video for the yeah. Lions picks, get into that that Patreon slot. Please do. All right. With that, I'm going to call it a close, Riz. I think we've had a good week. Kyle really gave us a lot, and
0: yes, thanks again to Kyle, Kyle Krabs, for for joining us and and bequeathing upon us a great deal of information. We're happy with it. Love a good bequeath.
1: Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast. Also at Jeff Risden at Jeff Risden, two of the best follows you're going to find on Twitter. Uh, it's the only way to fly pants free. Also give us a call Skype at Detroit Lions podcast on one word Detroit Lions podcast or, or use the Lions line. Nine, two, nine, three, three, lions. It's nine, two, nine, three, three, five, four, six, six, seven. Sure to go there and uh, get it. Leave a message. We'll get you on the air and be sure to go to Detroit dot com. Subscribe to the podcast. What do we like to do, Riz?
0: So we can come into your ears automatically. that's just
1: awesome. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, (laughs) no hot tubs. No problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you all. Love you guys.
2: Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How Big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.
0: You've had enough of that shit.